Corey and Molly were having that deep, serious, intense conversation about why he left. And then in the background, there's this jaunty music like boop, 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 Welcome to the Thirsty for Hallmark podcast. I'm Charlie. I'm Mary. And we have a special guest today, Darian. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining. The movie today is... Beverly Hills Wedding. We got to go right to the cupcakes. <laughs> Darian, why don't you start? How many cupcakes do you give this movie? It, listen, maybe two, but I probably took a bite out of the second one. So <laughs> we'll call it one and a half. I'll give it two cupcakes. Because even though it was weak, I did like the main characters and I was rooting for them. Two cupcakes. Every Hallmark movie I asked for one year later. This movie, I was ready for it to be over. I was ready for it to be done. I didn't really care. That's not a good sign. (laughs) Okay, Beverly Hills Wedding. We've got Molly and Corey. Molly's sister is about to get engaged. Sophia. And she's helping with the proposal. Even from the proposal, you can tell Homegirl is a little hands-on. They get engaged and then girl pops out of the woods. Cut to she decides she's going to plan their entire wedding. You can already tell that the brother-in-law, Jordan, is getting annoyed. Um, And then we find out that his brother, Corey, is back in town for the engagement and for the wedding planning and etc. Corey is Molly's ex-boyfriend. They haven't seen each other in four years and he Broke up with her in kind of a rude way. Seven years dating and a phone call. They decide to enter into a couple of sweepstakes. And she doesn't tell her sister, but she enters into the Beverly Hills wedding. um, And she wins it with this really beautiful, eloquent essay. The problem is the wedding has to be on Valentine's Day. So that's in six weeks. So they fly to Beverly Hills, meet with the planner, and get to work on choosing all the things for the wedding. And it's very obvious. The two brothers hate it. They just hate everything happening. And then the two sisters, well, Molly is living her best life. And then Sophia is kind of living her best life. And then it almost feels like she's having regret. She's getting pulled in multiple directions. It's not going well. And Molly is continually butting her head into things. During this trip to LA, Corey and Molly have to spend a lot of time together. And they start slowly catching feelings. Not even slowly. It was like one day he hated her and thought she was a little overbearing. And the next day it was like, hello. She's leaning in for a kiss. Yeah. They're about to kiss. Jordan and Sophia are normal country folk. They don't like the fancy (laughs) Beverly Hills food or flowers. Even the cakes were too fancy. (laughs) They were like, we don't want champagne. We want beer. Eventually, it gets to be too much for them. And they call off the Beverly Hills wedding, go back to Oregon. Uh, Molly has to go around and do like a parade of apologies. And then the wedding planner calls him up. And he says, I've got an idea. We can do the wedding in your town. So I'm going to come and put on a Beverly Hills wedding there. They get married. She gets to wear the mother's dress. She gets a perfect wedding outside in like this marble gazebo that they built in the middle of the woods. Then Molly and Corey (laughs) make out on the dance floor. And say that they're in love with each other. And then the credits roll. <laughs> and for the first time ever, I didn't I didn't wonder what happened to them. So shall we talk about the hunks and the leading ladies? This is a special hunk for Charlie. Brendan Penny is my number two hunk. I love his huge blue eyes, his beefy torso, his crooked teeth, his chiseled jaw. <laughs> Were his teeth crooked? I didn't notice that. 
A little bit. You weren't focusing enough, Darian, obviously. Really not. I was more focused on the fact that he looks nothing like his brother. Oh my gosh. We had a hunk and then we had Jordan. I just, they didn't look related. I, that's all I'll say. Well, Brendan Penny is a Canadian actor who hasn't really done much before Hallmark. Some guest roles on like The L Word mm -hmm. and some other TV shows. But he's done a lot of Hallmark movies. He has. Most recently, he was in a movie with Ashley Green, who is Alice Cullen from Twilight. A Little Christmas oh. Charm. He's been in two Hallmark movies where he played a chef. A Dash of Love and The Secret Ingredient. I forget which one of those is the one where he does the monologue where he's telling his father, I'm not a baker. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm not a baker. I'm a chef. And he's like, my father will never accept me. I was like, oh, my Lord. And then Brooke Dorsey is the female lead. Brooke Dorsey is in one of my favorite Hallmark movies called June and January. Tears to my eyes every time with Wes Brown. I know her best as Deb from Drop Dead Diva, mm. which is such a great show. She plays the dead model who comes back as a fat woman. Taylor's all this time. Roses and thorns. Should we jump right in? Let's talk about um, Brooke's hair. Oh, Brooke's hair? Glorious. Hallmark hair, notoriously not amazing. Brooke Dorsey, I think in every single one, has amazing hair. And I think she just has amazing hair. I don't know. That <laughs> first scene where you were like, oh, her hair is beautiful. And I was like, that is like... Straight out of 2006, I was in middle school with a side ponytail. But towards the end of the movie, her hair did Look, get much better. You know what? I didn't want to one year later. But her and Brenda and Penny, when they looked at each other, you could see the tears in their eyes. I felt emotional. Hallmark, New Year, New Movies, which was the season before this. We have now officially moved into Love Ever After. Those movies were just Oscar worthy every turn. It was just like Academy Award, Academy Award, Academy Award. This one, no. But I think the actors were pretty good. Speaking of Academy Award, it's time to give the Oscar. Darian, who do you give it to? I'm giving it to Terrence. I just think he played the perfect bitchy wedding planner. I loved his transformation. Yes, that transformation. His husband, they had a tender moment, and then he had this big change of heart. It was beautiful. I give the Oscar to Madame Florist. She had charisma. She was only in one scene, but <laughs> I wanted her movie. I know that we're not picking out characters yet, but I have to say this because I'm crying. I was a florist in this movie, so I feel like I just won an Oscar. I'd like to thank the Academy for this honor. <laughs> Who's yours? You know, I'm having a really hard time picking one out. I'll I guess I'll go with Terrence as well. It's time for Roses and Thorns. This is where we talk about things that we liked and things that didn't quite work for us. Well, I'm going to jump right in and say a rose for me was the trailer song that was played during the movie as well. It was a cover of Beverly Hills by the Weezers, I think. Just Weezer. By Weezer. By just Weezer. Um, it's Neon Trees. And it is beautiful. And please, Neon Trees, if you're listening, put it on Spotify because it's really sad that I have to listen to it on YouTube and then hit replay again. I'd like to listen to it on Spotify. So that was a rose. Sophia played a first grade teacher and she made a comment about how most days she comes home with finger paint in her hair. That's preschool. Maybe <laughs> kindergarten. First grade, you're learning how to read. You're learning how to do math. You're not painting with your fingers. Okay, so a thorn for me. I, I know you two always talk about the clothing, and now here I am doing it again. <laughs> there 
<laughs> their wardrobe when they were in Oregon was absolutely inappropriate. Yeah. Oregon in the winter is cold AF, cold and wet. And they were wearing just like thin little cotton jackets. At mm-hmm. one point, the groom was wearing a sweater with the sleeves rolled up to the elbows. And they're just hanging out outside, chatting in the driveway. There are a few things I hate more than socks. I hate socks. I don't know why. I always have. I wear them, but I hate them. <laughs> I just looked down to see if she was wearing <laughs> socks, and she is. I, I do. I wear them, but at a pool? Like, the groom was wearing black socks and, bl- and navy shoes at the pool. And I... It, it's burned into my... I can't. Don't you think they dressed them like that in Beverly Hills to show how out of place they looked? Yeah, definitely. They did a really good job. <laughs> but to Mary's point, they were like boat shoes. He was wearing black socks with like boat shoes. <laughs> a thorn for me, but it was almost a rose because it was funny, was when Corey and Molly were having that deep, serious, intense conversation about why he left and how she feels and how he feels. And then in the background, there's this jaunty music <laughs> like boop, 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 It's like when I when they get the best score Oscar, I'm always like, okay, really? Because you never really notice the score unless it's bad, unless it doesn't fit. And then you really notice it. A good score will pull out the emotions. This one, I was like, are we supposed to be feeling bad right now? She's talking about how he left her after a seven year relationship by a phone call and homework in the background. It's like, do, 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 do. What is happening? (laughs) This is why I almost want to give the Oscar to Brooke and Brendan, just because they had so much to work against. They were like pushing a boulder up a hill. Hashtag Sisyphus. Um, Okay, I promise I will come up with a rose, but here's another thorn. When they are trying to decide whether or not they want to go do the Beverly Hills wedding, the husband says, I'm happy to do whatever you want. Which, first of all, yes, any husband of mine better be saying the same thing. (laughs) But... Two, he was not happy to do whatever she wanted. They got to Beverly Hills and he was objecting to everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think it was realistic. I mean, how many grooms really care that much? I mean, maybe, yeah, they're interested in the food and the beer, but they're not sitting there like, we have to have daisies at our wedding. I don't like peonies. I want daisies. Yeah, the flowers are really contested. By the way, did they have daisies at their organ wedding? They did. I did see daisies, but there were very few, just like you had to really look for them. Mm. Yeah, I was going to, I'm going to just build off of your thorn and say, look, I know Molly was a lot. She created their guest list. And I think if my sister did that, I'd be a little peeved. But on the flip side, this said sister paid for her younger sister's graduate school, wrote this beautiful essay to get them this free wedding. I'm like, give a homegirl a break. She just won you a free wedding. Like, make some compromises. I I mean, he just poo-pooed the whole thing. I'm like, Jordan, I get it's your wedding, but you're dragging it down. Early in the movie, Sophia said that Jordan does not like having his picture on social media. He's very private. And that came into play when they had to be on social media as part of their prize. 
And I was wondering, why does Jordan not want to be on social media? Why is he so shy? And it made me think. My friend Debbie was dating this guy. He never wanted his picture taken. And he would get really pissed if somebody tried to take his picture. And we were like, that's so weird. You know why he did that? Because he had a secret family. (gasps) He had a wife and child in another city. So I think Jordan might have someone somewhere else. Jordan has had a secret family for the last 20 years they've been dating, though. Oh, like, yeah, you're right. Go for Jordan. Did you guys include in the synopsis that these two were like childhood sweethearts and they had like a fake proposal at a swing whenever they were little kids? Yeah. That's an important part. You're right. That was cute. I actually, the beginning of the movie, I thought it's going to be pretty good. Like the, the beginning really had my hopes up, like the trailer with the amazing cover. As soon as I went to LA, it went downhill almost. I have a question for you guys. Something that is usually a thorn for you all is a secondary relationship. How did you feel about this one? I don't mind if it's like this where you're kind of set up knowing that there's going to be two major plot lines. But I think the problem is I could not get on the bride and groom side. Like they just it it just for someone who was in love with each other for 20 years, they didn't really have any chemistry on screen. Like I really didn't feel emotionally attached to them. I actually just was like, good Lord, make a decision. I think what annoys me when it's a relationship and you're trying to focus on one couple falling in love and all of a sudden you have to like flip two X, Y, and Z also falling in love. And you're just like, I can't, I can't follow your romantic turmoil of falling in love as well as this person's romantic turmoil falling in love. I have a rose. This kind of sassy, funny aunt. I loved her. She was in Pumpkin Pie Wars. In that movie, she was like good for a while. And then at the end, she turned out to be mean. She had like a a storyline that I think we find in many villains that she was good and then she was pushed to a point. They kept stealing her first place pumpkin pie. And she couldn't take it anymore. She sabotaged the contest, she did. right? She sabotaged the contest. And I loved watching that fall. But this time she was just sassy. She, you know what? I would like to give my Oscar to her, if possible, to change it at this point. Remember when she was eating chocolates? They're having this conversation. She's eating one chocolate at a time. And then she kind of starts eating them faster and faster. And then she says she's going to go to bed. And she looks to the right and to the left and then grabs the box, (laughs) takes it with her. Can I also say something that wasn't truly believable to me was these people lived in mansions. Mansions. These chandeliers were gorgeous. And then they kept talking about how they had to keep their wedding on this really strict budget. That furniture in the house was so, so beautiful. Nice. That blue chair. The floral one. Uh-huh. Mm. And even the family farm was the nicest farm I have ever seen, not to mention the beautiful barn. That's why a thing of blueberries is $10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a rose. Molly's bridesmaid's dress. Yes. Okay, ladies, anyone that is going to ask me to be in their wedding in the future, take notes from Molly's dress because that was flattering she had a booty she had it up top it it, it was just pretty Mm -hmm. i would have i would be happy to wear that dress what about the bridesmaid dress she tried on in beverly hills oh that one was even prettier can i just say all of the wedding dresses that the, the sister was trying on were not pretty at all and Molly is popping out on these gorgeous bridesmaids dresses. A rose for me. Somebody was giving a speech about nobody's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. <laughs> we started singing Hannah Montana. Nobody's perfect. 
I gotta work it. Um, was that in the speech at the end, or were they just talking at some point? Yeah, it was the speech. A thorn. Corey's best man speech. Well, I guess it wasn't a speech. It was the excerpt from the essay, right? Yep. One of the first lines was, I'm not saying their relationship is perfect. God knows it isn't. <laughs> Okay, forgot we, about that. You don't need to say that. Like. Um, a thorn for me because it just gave me like chills. Corey is a Peter Pan. He has Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. He left Oregon. He just like up and left his girlfriend, didn't ask her to come with him, whatever, and went and worked on sailboats in North Carolina and then was just like, uh, I've kind of been there, done that, and now he's sailing more boats in Seattle. Does that sound familiar to either of you? I would say a rose is the photos that Brooke Dorsey took. They were pretty. pretty. I really believe that she was a talented photographer. You know what another rose for me is? Brooke Dorsey, people are hating on her throughout this entire movie. She, at the end of it, gets a gallery showing in L.A. from this huge gallery. Homeboy is like, I will make it work. I will go to L.A. to support your career. I'm like, heck yeah, that's a nice storyline right there. Go Hallmark. Just a quick um, note on her photography. If anyone knows the difference between a portrait and a headshot... (laughs) Please DM the Thirsty for Hallmark podcast because we can't really. Yeah, we couldn't figure that yeah, out. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> She's making it work. Now it's time to see who would we play in this movie. I'll go first because you already know because I won an Academy Award for it. The florist. She's just a bitchy florist. And I love it. I would be. Oh God, I always forget. Who was I? You were the only black man. In the <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> At the wedding, there was one sole person of color. It was a black man walking across the dance floor. And that was me. My character. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain who my character was. <laughs> when the, when the <laughs> groom, at one point, the groom and best man are sitting by the pool and the camera is panned out and there is a child doing aquatic walking in the swimming pool. And yeah, that that's me. What kind of child is like aqua jogs? <laughs> the swimming pool was so different from the hotel. Uh, that was so bizarre. That was like comfort in yeah. off yeah. the highway pool. And the hotel was like the four seasons. Yeah. Mary, do we have any listener questions? I don't, but we do have a guest star. So I kind of want to hear, Darian, you maybe don't watch as many Hallmark movies as Charlie and I. What was your biggest takeaway from a Hallmark viewing party with Thirsty from Hallmark? (laughs) Ooh, okay. Well, first of all, I just have to share with everyone that I have been so thirsty for Thirsty for Hallmark (laughs) since this podcast started. So I'm just very happy to be here. But... I have watched Hallmark movies before. However, they were all Christmas movies. Um, Charlie and I used to watch a lot of the Christmas movies together. And I think my biggest takeaway from the viewing is that not all Hallmark movies are made the same. Because the Christmas movies that I've seen were all far superior. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's time for Charlie to lodge a formal complaint about the both of you. <laughs> Throughout this movie, they could not stop commenting about how Corey didn't look like his brother, Jordan. (laughs) Molly didn't look like her sister, Sophia. Like, over and over. Finally, I turned and I said, guys, they're actually not related. (laughs) They're actors. Can 
I just say, though I accept your formal complaint, you have done this to me in several movies. Um, cute Christmas Chateau where you could not believe that the sister and her husband were the parents of that child. Guilty. <laughs> there were many Christmas movies with very dark hair, dark featured parents and the brightest, whitest blonde children. <laughs> and I'm like... You- you have to adopt that child. I don't think you can adopt blonde children. <laughs> <laughs> they are very expensive. Um, I mean, at least this movie didn't have any children. Oh, Good point. Uh, Mary, you said this movie doesn't need a one year later. But as we're winding down, what do you think happens one year later? Molly gets vindication. She goes to L.A., she shows her photos. Corey comes. He supports her and her career and her aspirations. A year later, they're still friends with Terrence because I think Terrence and his husband are just amazing. They're eating blueberry jam. Corey proposes. Terrence goes, you know what would be great? <gasps> He's going to plan their actual Beverly Hills wedding. And she's going to wear that gorgeous dress that she wanted to wear. She's going to have all the weird food that she picked out. And the fancy cake. Call me a cynic. I think she moves to L.A. and she has this super successful gallery opening. He comes with her and she realizes that she has been mourning over the loss of this man for the last two or however many years it was. And she lost herself. And then she finds herself. Yes in this gallery opening and they don't make it. They go their separate ways amicably, mm-hmm. but she goes on to be a famous photographer. Say it louder for the people in the El, back. Elle Woods vibes. Yes, Elle yes. Woods vibes. Yes. In your scenario, you know who I think Corey would end up with after that? Her assistant. Close. Kendall. Kendall! <laughs> Kendall is so. the male wedding planner assistant. <laughs> and Corey did seem to have some sort of affection toward him. He definitely did. You're he right. Did. I like that. I think my one year later is always turn somebody gay. They do. I've noticed that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I always go with the proposal because I know that's what Hallmark would do. But I like that storyline better. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Darian. Absolutely. This is so much fun. Oh, you know what? I do have a listener question. And Darian, I would like you to answer this because I feel like a lot of people ask me, are these scripted? Do you and Charlie like figure out everything you're saying? The to podcast? Come up- yeah. Like to come up with funny things to say. So, and I've always said, this is just how we act in real life. These are our normal conversations. And now we just have microphones. So anyway, Darian, can you answer this for our listeners? Uh huh. Yep. I can confirm that this is absolutely not scripted. We took some notes during the movie and then now we're just debriefing. I can also confirm that this is exactly how Mary and Charlie act at all times. When I listen to the podcast on my own, I feel like I'm just hanging out with them. Well, if you have a listener question, make sure to DM us at Thirsty for Hallmark on Instagram. Next week's movie is going to be Playing Playing Cupid. Cupid. Mary's not looking forward to it. But Daria thinks it looks cute. I do. Guys, it's like a perfect storm for me. It is based loosely off Jane Austen. Also, the person who's playing Cupid is like a middle schooler. And she's setting up her dad with her teacher. Also, can you please DM us if you think the guy in this movie is hot? Because we can't decide. (laughs) Oh, wait. Something really exciting did happen. You know, when I... When we first started this podcast, we said we were going to manifest some men. And we've been tagging these hunks in 
all of our posts and they have responded. And I feel like after weeks of manifesting, we are starting to see the fruits of our labors, people. Manifesting works. Yeah, one of each of our top five hunks has commented on our Instagram. Wait, Charlie responded to his hunk by just saying, I would die for you. Hard eye emoji. That's it. Guys, I literally saw that and I burst out laughing. Like just the loudest laugh I've ever done before. It was just amazing. It was the best response I've ever seen to a direct message. Well, Darren and I were in the ski lift line together when I saw the comment from Mr. Jason Cermak and I gasped so hard that she thought somebody died. True. I heard him gasp and I was like, something has gone terribly wrong. This is Thirsty for Hallmark. Remember, everybody, stay thirsty. thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> still here? We decided not to reenact this scene. <laughs> but we do have a little story from Darian just for you, our extra thirsty listener. She was the younger sister getting married, right? (laughs) And the older sister wasn't married yet. So in my cousin Emma's family, if the younger sister gets married before the older sister, the older sister has to eat out of like a dog food dish at the (gasps) wedding. Are you serious? Yes! (laughs) 